All right. Uh, let's welcome the first lady of the house as she comes and ministers the word. And uh, you can give a Princess Warrior announcement. And thank you for helping me out. You're welcome. Keep my husband in your prayers tomorrow. He's having a little bit of surgery. He has a he has a spot on his head. It's uh, basal cell uh, skin cancer, and they're going to cut that out and uh, take care of that. So if you think about him in the morning, you pray for him, okay? Uh, I get to give an announcement for Princess Warrior. Very excited about that. The vision behind Princess Warrior is this: calling forth, gathering women who have this kind of a heart for the Lord, a courageous devotion, a courageous commitment. And they never turn back. We're echoing this invitation. We're getting it on the radio waves. WJR is going to announce it for us. You'll hear it on K-Love and you'll you'll hear it on Smile FM as well as WMUZ. And I always look for women to come who can speak and represent this kind of a heart. And so this year we've got Jeannie Mayo coming. You may have heard of her. She's been around for quite a while. She's a little bit older than me. And this woman has a has a passion to raise up champions in the kingdom of God. She has raised up generations of young men and women who have a kamikaze love for Jesus. None of this lukewarm stuff. So she's going to be perfect for us. And Hannah Olette is the younger end of the generation spectrum, and she's going to come and she's going to preach a word so that there's going to be something for ladies my age and older and women younger than me. And I tell you what, if you've got anyone in your life, if it's a daughter or granddaughter, seventh grade and up, you bring her. You bring your girlfriends. You come and expect God to speak to your heart. My granddaughter's coming, and she's bringing her good best friend with her because Hannah likes to put faith on in the presence of God. So they can be impacted and hear the voice of the Lord. God impacted me when I was 16 years old, and I've never recovered from it. So let's believe God. Ladies, let me ask you, will you join me in fasting and praying for Princess Warrior? Will you just pick some days and do that and join, join with me in that? All right. Well, praise God. Don't forget to buy your tickets. Get that taken care of. Well, like my husband said, our guest speaker canceled, and I was down having my devotions yesterday morning, and all of a sudden, I just had a really strong encounter with the Holy Spirit, and God just dropped a message in my, in my heart. I thought, wow, that's going to be a good message. So, you know, I, I had this little notebook that I keep, messages, so I'm, I'm ready instant, in season and out. So I put that on my list, and I went upstairs, and I heard him talking on the phone to someone named Greg. And I heard him saying, well, I'm awfully sorry, Greg. Let me pray for you. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if that has something to do with the Greg that's supposed to be here on Wednesday night. And he informed me that Greg could not come. And I just felt like the Lord said, I dropped that word in your heart because I have something to say to God's people tomorrow night. And I believe this is the word. I do. I believe this is the word that God wants us to hear tonight. So let me invite you, please turn to Exodus chapter 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read these verses and then I'm just going to get into this here. This is a story when Moses goes up on the top of the hill and he holds up his hand as Joshua and some chosen men are down in the valley fighting against Amalek. Let's begin, verse 8, we'll read through to verse 16. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill and the rod of God in my hand. 
So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy so that they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now tonight, I believe there is a very different, unique, special anointing on this message. When God just visited me yesterday, yesterday morning, when he began to just drop this message into my spirit, it came with a unique anointing. I think you probably understand that, right? Sometimes you're preparing for a message and you just have a, you have a sense, this is, this is an anointing to teach, God just wants me to plow through this passage of scripture, and there's an anointing to teach what this, what this passage of scripture contains. But when God met with me yesterday morning, it came with a very different kind of an anointing. And when the Lord dropped this message into my spirit, I had such a sense that someone, or perhaps many, needed to hear a word of encouragement So there is an anointing upon this word tonight for somebody to be encouraged in the Lord. And you know, many times the word of God can come with a prophetic anointing to encourage your heart. Isn't that what the scriptures say prophecy does? It encourages you. It comforts you. It strengthens you. So I believe that there is even a prophetic anointing upon this message to encourage somebody's heart tonight. I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but I believe tonight God wants to give you a word of encouragement. Now, I don't want you to get bogged down in the details of these verses. That's not my mission tonight. I don't believe that's my my assignment tonight, is to dig deep and let's just split apart every vowel and consonant, every paraphrase, and let's see what this content of this text is all about. Don't get bogged down with with the text tonight, because I believe God wants you to receive something that you're going to have to receive in your spirit. Your spirit is going to have to get a hold of what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. There is an anointing tonight, I believe, to quicken your spirit. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. So often the Holy Spirit can just speak something into your spirit and he can lay it out quicker than you can read it on a piece of paper. Isn't that, isn't that remarkable? The Holy Spirit can just download into your spirit a revelation of understanding. He can download into your spirit and you can get a hold of something whereby your spirit is encouraged and quickened and you know exactly what God is trying to say to you. He can do it in a millisecond. God is amazing. He's supernatural. So I want you to just get your ears open. Sit up in your spirit. Be ready to hear what the Spirit of God would say to your spirit tonight. 
In this passage of scripture, we see that Moses and Joshua and Aaron and Hur and the children of Israel, those who were chosen, who went down into this valley to fight, we can see that they are contending for a victory. They are contending for a victory. There are times when we have to contend for a victory. We know that God has promised us victory, but we have to contend for it. We have to fight for it. We have to go through some circumstances to get that victory. And I believe as Moses lifted up his hands, I believe he was obviously, he was praying. He was praying for his victory. And I believe when you go through things in God, God has promised you victory. And in order for you to receive your victory, somebody needs to hear this now. You're going to have to contend for that victory through prayer. Through the intercession of the anointed intercession of the Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever experienced this when you're praying and seeking the Lord and you just might start praying and all of a sudden you just sense an anointing of God to just begin to intercede in tongues. And you can tell that you are interceding for something that is beyond this earth. There is something that God is fighting for in the spirit. And as you begin to contend in prayer for your victory... There is just an awareness. Something is happening in the heavenlies. God is fighting for the victory in our life. The enemy comes against us, but God is sending the power of his Holy Spirit. The word of God says he will even issue angels on our behalf. They come to help us, to assist us, like messengers to serve us, to give us the victory in the name of Jesus. So I think you need to understand something tonight. I believe that as you contend for your victories, God is going to move on you in your prayer life to begin to pray and to intercede for the victory that God wants to give you. You know, sometimes there are things that we want so badly and we want to see God move and we want to break through. But I believe many times the strategy for that victory is through the intercession of the prayers given by the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you know what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues. We've got people in this room, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And sometimes you're just going to have to start prevailing and contending in prayer in the anointed prayer language that God has given you. Avail yourself, avail yourself of that anointed intercession that the Holy Spirit can give you and move through you. He knows the Father's will. And when we begin to pray for the Father's will and we get in agreement with God in the Spirit, sometimes you can even sense that burden and that urgency of the Holy Spirit that, oh, you're right on target. You're right on target. You might not be able to see it with your eyes, but you're discerning something in your spirit. Oh, I've hit the nail on the head as I have interceded in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Moses is contending and I see him as a picture of someone praying and interceding. I see him taking steps of obedience, going up on the top of that hill, holding up that rod in the presence of God. And there's going to be times in your life before you're going to see the victory. You're going to have to contend for your victory. And God's going to require you to take steps of obedience to have that victory. 
It's one thing to lock yourself up in your prayer closet and shut that door and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't you wish that was all you had to do? But there's going to be times that God says, you want victory? Then you're going to have to contend for the victory, whereby I need you to walk in steps of obedience. Do what I've asked you to do. And until we do what God asks us to do, we will not see the victory. Moses had to get up on the top of that hill and he had to stretch forth his arm, hold his hand up in the air with that rod in his hand. And he probably thought, how dumb is this? I must look like a fool standing up here on the top of this hill, holding onto this rod while everybody else is down in the valley fighting the enemy face to face. And there's going to be times you're just going to have to say, I'll be a fool for Christ. I'll do what he asks me to do. There was one time in my life I was contending for a victory. And I was fasting and I was interceding and I felt like the Lord said this to me. I want you to get down on your face when you pray. And I want you to lay yourself out and I want you just to completely offer yourself like a sacrifice in my presence as I was prevailing for this victory. And I did exactly what the Lord told me to do. I laid myself out on that floor face down every time I went into that room on that day of fasting and interceding in the Holy Spirit. I would have hung myself upside down if I knew that that was what was going to bring the victory. When you want, when you are persuaded and convinced of the victory that God has ordained for you to have, you will pray for it and you will take steps of obedience to get that victory. And sometimes our problem is, is we think we know better and we don't want to be a fool for Christ. We don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to look like something's wrong with us or we don't want to be the one that has to say, I'm sorry. We don't want to be the one that has to repent. You might even have to take steps of repentance in your life to get victory. Wow, is that not a revelation or what? But you're going to have to take steps of obedience in your life to contend for the victory that God has ordained, ordained for you to have. I believe God ordains victories in our life. I believe that. And I believe we need to co-labor with God in his victories for our life. We need to become a co-laborer, a partner in those victories that God wants to give us. I believe the victories that we get in God are absolutely vital for our life. I believe that if you forsake the victory that God wants to give you in your life, your your walk with God will be less than what it should have been. I believe that. I believe you can, you can forfeit victories in your life. Listen, it is a matter of your, of your future that you take those steps of obedience that God's asking you to do. No matter how little they might seem or how stupid it might seem, you do what God is asking you to do because that is a strategy of heaven that God is giving to you. And you will contend for your victories by taking steps of faith. Oh, we want God to be the one who steps out and does something marvelous for us. But sometimes we have to take steps of faith. We've got to walk on that water. We've got to take that step that we're believing God for. We want God to go first. We want God to do it all. And sometimes God will deal with us to take steps of faith. So as we contend for our victories... 
We will have to contend for them with prayer. Steps of obedience, steps of faith. And in Exodus 17, verse 11, we see Moses contending. So it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And like Moses, we must believe. We must keep believing. We must obey and keep obeying. And in the midst of that believing and in the midst of all of that obeying, we will enter into a struggle for our victory. It is real as real can be. There will be a struggle for your victory. And you will get weary in well-doing. Moses got weary in this prevailing and contending for his victory. I don't know where we ever got the idea that every victory in our life has to happen in a flash. I don't know where we get those ideas from. But I've learned this with God. I've walked with him since I've been 16 years old. And I've discovered this, that there will be a struggle for your victory. Not to say that you're the one that has to make it happen. But there will be a weariness and a struggle that comes with your prevailing. As you take those steps of faith. As you take those steps of obedience. As you pray and intercede in the power of the Holy Spirit. Moses grew weary. We see in verse 11. His hand would go up and his hand would come down. His hand would go up and he would get weary. Can't you just see the struggle? The struggle go, oh, he he just he'd fight to get that to get that arm back up in the air he knew it was a matter of his of his future he knew that Israel's destiny was at stake he struggled to keep contending have you ever contended for something that you know is the will of God and you just think what is wrong with me any idiot would stop by now but there's something about when God puts something in your spirit you just can't stop you might get weary and there may be a struggle in that contending for your victory but there's something that just keeps pushing you, keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. I believe God wants to give you and me a word tonight. I believe that God wants to quicken something in our spirit. And if you will allow me, as God would help me, I'm going to try to communicate this word, this message in such a way that you will understand what God wants to say to all of us tonight. So in Exodus 17, we see Moses contending for a victory against Amalek on top of a hill, holding up his hand, Joshua, the chosen men in battle. Moses' hand goes up and it comes down, up and down, up and down, again and again, again and again, up Israel advances The arm comes down, Amalek advances back and forth. Can you just see it in your mind down in the valley? It's like like a wave like this, going this way, now that way. Have you ever felt like two steps forward, three steps back? Oh God, I'm believing you. I'm praying. I'm taking steps of obedience. I'm walk. I'm taking steps of faith. And you get out there two steps forward. And then it's just like the enemy comes against you three steps back. You just feel like I'm losing ground, God. Why can't I just keep moving forward? But I think we need to see something tonight. This was not an average battle. We need to to be awakened 
to our understanding of what we're up against in our life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're contending for. And what I've described tonight, if you can relate to that in your situation, I want you to understand something. This was not an average battle. This battle was absolutely necessary. They had to win it because it had everything to do with the Israelites moving forward in God. This had everything to do with their future. They could not let Amalek defeat them. If I could put it this way, it was a matter of life and death in the spirit. Sometimes you're interceding and prevailing and contending for a victory, and you just have a sense, oh, this, was, this is no average battle. This is not me having a headache today and having a bad day. This is, a, this is, this is not me, you know, stubbing my toe as I walked out of the, through the door. This is no average battle. This one counts. This, this is, I'm up against something here. This, this has everything to do with my future. This has everything to do with where God wants to take me. And some battles are worth fighting for. And I don't know where you're at or what you're going through, but I just think you need to ask yourself, what kind of a battle am I in? And I believe this word is, 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 is anointed for somebody, and you need to hear this. Whatever, the, whatever, whatever it is you've been going through, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. The Holy Spirit just keeps pushing you to keep interceding, taking steps of obedience, taking steps of faith. And it's like you get one wave going this way and the enemy comes back and pushes you back that way. You are not in an average battle. I believe that the Israelites were up against a battle that had everything to do with their divine destiny. I believe that what God had written in heaven's book was ordained for them on that day. And it was necessary that they won that battle. It was necessary. I think we get too lazy and we get too foggy headed and we just think, oh, it's just another battle. What difference is it going to make? It's going to make all the difference in the world if you lose or whether or not you win. But God is here tonight to tell us you win. You win. And you've got to make up your mind. Are you going to take what God has ordained for you to have? Heaven has written it in the volume of the book. It was ordained. It was the will of God for the Israelites to win this victory. It had everything to do with their future. And I have figured something out as, since I've been walking with God since I was 16 years old. And I have learned something about my battles. The greatest battles that I fight are the ones that have everything to do with God's divine destiny for my life. The devil will fight you more fierce than he will ever fight you over this one. Because God has a divine, ordained, plan, purpose, will. And there are things in our life that God has ordained that we be right in the middle of. And the battle that comes into your life that is challenging and trying to defeat God's divine destiny for your life will be one of the fiercest battles you ever fight. Because the, the devil is no joke. And he does not want us to enter into God's divine destiny for our life. 
There are things that God has planned and prepared and has on reserve. And the enemy will get you confused, foggy-headed, lazy, indifferent. He'll, he'll do anything he can to get you to stop praying and give up on your prayer life. He will do everything he can to get you to stop reading the word. He will do everything he can to get you to stop believing the promises that God has given you. Maybe there are even prophetic promises that God has given you. He will do everything he can to get you off course. It was necessary that the Israelites win this battle because it had everything to do with their divine destiny. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. One of the most fiercest battles you will ever fight is when the enemy comes against your spiritual inheritance. He wants it. He wants it. He will try and trick you. He will try and ensnare you. He will try and oppress you. He will get you all bound up. He'll get you so twisted up and turned around and get you so inward focused, you can't even look up and see God. He'll get you oppressed. You ever have days you get up and you just feel like your spirit's oppressed? Anybody else in the room? Good, I'm not the only one. I, get, I got a little worried there for a minute. He's after our spiritual inheritance. And I'm telling you this, that will be one of the fiercest battles you ever fight. Is over the inheritance. The spiritual inheritance that God has ordained for your life. He's not kidding. He's not fooling around. The enemy aims to defeat us and bring us down. But one thing I love about this passage of scripture, the Lord says this in verse 16. Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. God says, I'm no joke either. And I'm going to keep fighting that devil generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. And you need to open up your eyes and realize your life is not just about you. It's generational. It's generational. Listen, God wants to defeat you. He wants to defeat your prayer life. He wants to defeat your commitment, your courageous devotion, your courageous commitment. He wants you to get you to turn back. If he can defeat you, you know what he's after? He's after the generations that are going to come through you. We need to open up our eyes and realize what we're up against. This is no average battle. God says, I'll fight that Amalek. I'll come after him one generation after another. You know what? God will not quit. I love that about God. He will not quit. He wants that enemy defeated. God has a plan and God has a purpose. So Moses is fighting to keep his hands up. It's a fight worth fighting. And as Moses raises up that arm and holds that hand up with that rod in his hand, it is as as if Moses himself is becoming a banner, a banner in the presence of God. There's a battle to be won. (laughs) And every time he lifts up his that banner in the presence of God, that arm go, those arm, that arm goes up in the presence of the Lord. It's like a banner being displayed on the top of that hill. And his arms come down in weariness. And then back up it goes again. And I, as I was just waiting before the Lord, God spoke something to me. He says, Rhonda, 
Get your eyes off of Aaron and her, and you need to see something here hidden within these pages. What kept Moses fighting? He was fighting all on his own, fighting to get that arm back up. Oh, Lord, it's so heavy and tired, and he would just fight to get that arm back up, and the Lord just opened up my heart to something. He says, this is what kept Moses going. This is what fueled his fight. This is what gave him a desire to keep trying over and over again. And it was hope. Hope. Hope will give you life. It will give you vision even when you feel like you can barely lift up one more hand. Hope. It will fuel you. Your hand might come down and you might think to yourself, oh God, I can't keep my hand up. I can't keep believing. I can't keep praying. I can't keep obeying. I can't keep taking steps of faith. And then all of a sudden, up out of your spirit, out of nowhere, I know where it comes from. It comes from heaven. It comes from the spirit of God. Something just fueled him. And Aaron and her saw him fighting to get that arm back up. I think they saw the hope in that man's spirit. He knew, I've got to hold on to the promises of God. It's a fight worth fighting. There was hope in his spirit because he knew that if he could just contend and prevail for the victory of God, that God would be glorified. And the divine destiny of God was in the balance. Oh, I'm not talking about a human hope. I'm talking about a hope that comes from the Spirit of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Something supernatural that just causes you to get back up again and go again and again and again. In Exodus 17, 12, we see Aaron and her. Oh, they see him. I think they were inspired by the hope that they saw coming out of Moses. And Aaron got on one side. And her got on the other. And I love this about them. One took one arm and the other took the other. And they just turned Moses into a banner of hope. And oh, I love Exodus 17 verse 15. At the end it says that Moses made an altar. And he declared on this altar, Jehovah, the Lord, God Almighty, the great I am, is my banner Oh, I'm telling you what, sometimes I feel like as a human being, as a vessel of God, even when I'm worshiping, I lift those hands up. I'm not doing it just because there's words on a video screen. I'm telling you, I'm contending for a victory. And sometimes I feel like my physical body is a banner in the presence of God. Oh, Lord, I will believe. I will hope. I will have an expectation. So you're ready for the title of my message? That was just the introduction. If you're taking notes, here it is. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. I believe that's a word for somebody tonight. God says, get your hopes up. Hallelujah. I got a banner tonight. It's going to be our banner of hope. I'm going to ask my husband and my son, would you help would you help me out? He, and he knows exactly what, what to do. So just follow him. And these two men are going to display our banner of hope. I'm showing you something in the natural, but I pray you have ears to hear something in the spirit. 
You can't tell me (laughs) that in heaven there's not a banner that says the Lord is my banner. You can't tell me that something like this does not exist. Hope. Glory to God. Just put it right here in front of me. How do I look? Am I, I'm, get up here, Trina, come over here and join me. Jen, get over here, one on each side of me. You know what? This is how God, this is how God envisions us. He sees us enveiled, framed with a banner of hope behind us, with the presence of God standing behind us. It's not us going into the battle. It's God behind us telling us, get your hopes up, get your hopes up. Okay, ladies, you can take a seat. Stay right there. The Bible has a lot to say about banners. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, says his banner is over me. I like that. It's over me. Oh, hallelujah. It's higher than me. Oh, the enemy sees it coming before he ever sees me. Oh, glory to God. I love what Psalm 20, verse 5 says. To set up that banner. Psalm 60, verse 4 says to display that banner. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to get our banner of hope out. We need to get our hopes up. This is the intended place that hope needs to have in our life. It needs to be over us, set up, displayed. All right, you can just drop it right where you are. You can take your seats. Hallelujah. But sadly, in our walk with God and in our life and what we face, the banner of hope that should be displayed over us, set up, it ends up on the ground. It falls. It gets depleted. It gets defeated. And instead of us setting it up high and displaying it for the enemy to see and displaying it in praise, it ends up on the ground. And we end up kind of holding on to hope, but it looks like this. We just kind of drag hope around. We get discouraged. We get defeated. We're just kind of dragging hope around. We just sort of drape it over our situation. We get tangled up in the midst of trying to have hope. As we're fighting our battles, we lose our perspective. And not only that, the enemy will attack us. I'm telling you, he wants that banner in your life. He wants it. Johanna and Carlene put that banner together for for me this afternoon. And it's simply made out of an old sheet and red spray paint. But I'm telling you what, the enemy can't stand it when he sees that written across that sheet. He doesn't want to see hope. He wants to see you entangled with fear. He wants to see you entangled with a sense of dread. Have you ever gotten up on some some days and all of a sudden you just feel dread? Anybody been battling a sense of dread? That'll happen to me. I'll get up some days and I just feel like dread. There's dread just hanging over my spirit. The enemy will attack our banner of hope. Our hands will start hanging down. We'll start getting all bound up. 
We'll start getting oppressed. We'll start seeing everything through fear and unbelief and can God instead of God can. The enemy wants our banner of hope. Now, I want to just take a moment here in this message. And I want you to, I want you to go with me now. We're going to take a journey. We're going to make a shift in this moment, in this message. Our banner of hope is laying over there, depleted, defeated, dragged on the ground, tangled up, removed from its first place in our life. And there are times in our life that the enemy can get us so boxed in, he can even get us into an emotional prison where the banner of hope is no longer over our life and on display and set up for God and the angels and the world to see. And the enemy will attack. And I just believe tonight that God wants to bring a word to you and open your eyes to what the enemy has been trying to do in your life. Because God has a divine plan and God has a divine purpose. And we need to make a shift in the spirit tonight. I think there's just been so many things happening in our lives and in this nation that it has caused us to get bogged down and we have lost our hope. And I don't know what you're even going through personally, but I want to ask you this question. Have, have you become ensnared by your hopelessness? Have you become ensnared by your fear? Has your faith taken a back seat? Has the hope that should be on display in your life become simply a rag under your feet? The only thing that's supposed to be under our feet is Satan, not our hope. And God has a word for us tonight, and that word is shift. We need to have a shift in our spirit. And that's something only the Spirit of God can do in us, but he can do it. I believe that, I believe that, I believe that. The battles that we are up against are not just an average battle. They have everything to do with God's divine destiny and God's divine inheritance for our life. And if we're going to move forward in God with our banner of hope, we're going to have to have a shift in our spirit. You know, it's college football season, and it's big time in our house. Would you help me? And we sort of have a banner. Now, don't hate me. See, I had, I had, to, get you, had to get you in the spirit to bring it to this point. <laughs> this is our banner. Honey, go ahead. Let's just let that fly. Let that fly. Isn't that nice? <laughs> now, that's our banner. He'll put that out on the front of our house, and to this day, nobody has stolen it or caught it on fire. That's our banner. You can take it down. (laughs) But on game day, on those college game days, the first one's out on that football field before that college football team comes out of that underground area. First, you see a group of young men (laughs) carrying a flag. And it's not just any old flag. This thing is huge. It's bigger than a car. And he'll be in there watching his favorite team on a Saturday. Usually it's been the nighttime. 
And oh, I'll be doing something in the house and I'll hear that band start to play. And I'll, I, I got to go see it. I'll come into that living room and I'll watch those young men come out of that underground area of that stadium. And they'll come out and they are running with a fierceness with that banner that says OSU. <laughs> but listen, that thing is huge. And they run with a And as they run with that fierceness, they are contending for a victory. They've got hope. I'm telling you, what does hope look like? Hope looks fierce sometimes. Hope is not pitiful and puny. Hope is not sentimental. Hope can be fierce when you run with the banner of God. Now we're going to make a shift in the spirit here with my husband and my son. Would you, would you both of you just go over there? Would you each grab a handle on this banner? This is our banner of hope. Hallelujah. We need to make a shift. And I said, God, help me to communicate this word. And I just got, I just got this image in my head. Now, you two, you're going to be like those young men that come out from underneath the underground of that stadium. And I want, you, I want you to start thinking about it. And I want you to get your fierceness on. You can do it. I know you can do it. Now, I want you all to help me. The cheerleaders follow behind the young men. I like cheerleaders. I was one in seventh grade. I bet you never knew that. Spinning Hills Mustangs. M-U-S-T-A-N-G-S, Mustangs are best, yes. And I can lead a cheer. So let's, we're going to practice. We're going to practice. Give me an H. H. Give me an O. O. Give me a P. P. Give me an E. E. What does that spell? Let me hear it. Say it one more time. Hope. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Haven't heard that. All right. My husband and my son, I'm going to put my hand up. And when I put it down, I want you to run with a fierceness. You're carrying the banner of hope. And when I put my hand down, we're going to say run. But let's do that one more time. Give me an H. H. Give me an O. O. Give me a P. Give me an E. What does that spell? Say it again. Okay, run, 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 run. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hope, 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 hope. Hope, hope. Stand right here in the front. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to pray for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father in heaven, I'm praying right now for a shift in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I was willing to be a fool for you tonight, God. 
I was willing to make a crazy banner. I was willing, God, to do whatever it took tonight to communicate something in the spirit. And I pray right now, God, for anyone in this room that's up against a battle that's not just any battle. But that, God, they will have a discernment now in their spirit. The eyes of their understanding have been opened. They can hear what the spirit of God is saying. This is about divine destiny. This is about their spiritual inheritance in God. Oh, Holy Spirit, just raise your hands to heaven. Oh, God, bring a shift. Bring a shift, oh God, in our spirit. Bring a shift, oh God, of praise. Help us, God, to contend, to prevail for the victories that the Spirit of God can bring. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the victories, God, ahead of time. Oh, God, for every hand that's been held down, may it be lifted up in the presence of the Lord. For every fear and every doubt and every oppressed spirit, may their spirit be quickened by the Spirit of God. Do you got a song for us? We need to worship.